This is Steve Taylor for the Rear Grandy Guardian and RGV Public Radio 88FM. We're back with the latest in our podcast series. Today we have two interviews with Ron Garza, Executive Director of the Lower Rio Grande Valley Development Council. That's the official council of government for Hidalgo, Cameron and Willacy counties. We cover the COG, as it's called, the Lower Rio Grande Valley Development Council, because that's the conduit through which a lot of federal and state funds come to the Rio Grande Valley. And uh, we have two subjects we're talking to Ron today, uh, about today. We've got two subjects. One is bike sharing. You'll hear Ron discuss a new program that his agency is involved in. And then we're going to talk about a marketing effort called Explore RGV. But let's first of all hear from Ron Garza about bike share. So Bike Share RGV is really a coalition of the region of certain cities that have come together to look at bike share processes. So we've had some for quite some time. Uh, most notably, the city of McAllen has a, has a service called B-Cycle. Uh, but we really wanted to look at how we can do a short-term strategy and a long-term strategy. Long-term, yes, everybody would be benefit from B-Cycle, but Everybody has to invest in that. So short term, we we uh, concluded that this phenomena of dockless bike sharing uh, is going to be a, a what we think a good regional fit, and we have already uh, got proposals. I mean, this has been about a nine month process. So now we're at the point that cities are actually passing the ordinance to grant the permit. And right now we are targeting, this is a soft target date of Friday, November 9th, to hold a press conference and to do the actual launch of these bikes. We anticipate somewhere between 6 to 10 cities probably uh, be the initial rollout, and then hopefully other cities would join. But the greatest part of it is it was obviously a regional collaboration, and and then after that, uh, other cities could uh, join in as they wanted to. So nobody's going to be independent. So you can literally take the bike from one city to the next if it has the same system. And Tell us how, for those the uninitiated, uninitiated sure. how does it work? How does the system work? So what you do, uh, the, the bike, they, they're, they're what's called dockless. So they don't fix to anything. They actually lock themselves. So we're going to develop these bike zones, what we're going to kind of informally call a bike drop zone, all over the city that says this is where you can park them. This is where you can leave them. You take your cell phone, you scan it over the uh, back part of the bike, and it unlocks it for you. And the average cost is about a dollar for every hour you use it. So you can ride, you know, for quite some time, and and it's a low-cost alternative. And as long as you drop it from bike zone to bike zone, you don't have to return it where you actually picked it up. So you can take it across the city, or like I said, in this regional case, you can take it from city to city. How long can you borrow it for? I know you're not really borrowing because you're paying, but yeah. how long can you keep it for? Well, the, the provider says you can keep it as long as you continue to pay for it. But I think after, I believe, 24 hours, it kind of times out. And the thing about it is each one of those bikes has a GPS sensor. So real time, uh, the, the provider's actually coming down and hiring staff. They'll be monitoring these bikes. And about every 40 hours, 48 hours, they do something called rebalancing. So if so, so many bikes 
bikes cluster, they'll kind of rebalance them out. So they do that kind of on a continual cycle. And these are good quality bikes? Yeah, they're good quality bikes. And, and per the ordinance that the city provides, there's very specific uh, specifications. So if there's something broken, because they will, I mean, obviously if they're used by the public, but if they're going to be continually used, uh, when something's broken, they'll be, they'll be swapped out. Mm. Hey, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why do you stop? We can pause. Okay. And what made the COG get involved in this? The reason the COG got involved, uh, specifically, this started from a discussion that I had with our previous uh, president, Mayor Hernandez. And, you know, he wanted to engage the city of FAR. But we looked at the dynamic that if you took a ride from the city of McAllen to the city of Edinburgh, those were two different systems. So somebody, you know, couldn't use the same system. And, and we really looked at that as a regional issue to say, we need to look a little bit, you know, uh, bigger picture here and coordinate on a regional basis. So again, at the end product, which we're, you know, unveiling in November, is that everybody will have the same system. So whatever city you're at, it's an interchangeable system. So it's truly kind of developing planning as one metropolitan area. So that, that's why we got involved. And you were saying in your presentation today that because it's all tracked electronically, uh, cities will be able to find out where the most popular areas to have, you know, to have a bike station. Sure. Yeah. That that's a that's an added benefit. So there's going to be an analytics-driven program on the back end that every city will be given a report, a heat map. And if there are certain routes that are more popular, and there's not a sidewalk there or bike lane. Instead of studying where to invest that, might as well follow where people actually want to go. So it gives city, you know, another cost-saving measures to say, we should invest here versus a sidewalk somewhere that they may have kind of um, not planned most efficiently and invested money there. So, yeah, that, that we're, we're finding some added benefits. Obviously, the thing that we have to monitor the most is people uh, parking them unsafely. You know, so because they, it is this free-flowing environment, this is, you know, it's it's not res, as restricted as we're normally comfortable with. So um, we have to monitor that. But again, the benefit to selecting one company. So if something goes wrong in any city, then there's only one company to be uh, monitored. So you know, compliance will be only accountable to one particular. Are you vendor. saying the name of that company? Yes, it's called Lime. Lime. L. L-I-M-E, mm -hmm. and they've, they've gotten a little more famous uh, lately over, over the, across the country because they are also the ones who do the scooters. Mm. They do electric scooters. We are technically also um, eligible and approving any vehicle. So they make three vehicles. They make traditional bicycles, they make electronic scooters, and they make electronic-assisted bicycles. Right now, we've decided uh, to roll this out efficiently. We're just doing traditional bicycles. But one city may move forward you know, in the coming months to say, we, we'd like a, scooters in my city. Or I think really the universities might be one of the first to say, you know, even though the city of Edinburgh is going to have bicycles, we want scooters only on the campus. So uh, again, it's, it's really a lesson in a lot of things that we do from regional planning. This just happens to be bicycles. Mm -hmm. But efficiency, you know. Uh, have, you, have you named the 10 cities involved, or is that very fluid still? It, it's very fluid. Uh, could, we do, could increase. Yeah, it could, could increase. Change. Yeah, again, every city is eligible, and the b best benefit to the city is that there's no cost to them. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll be rolling out the ordinance next week, 
and they'll have most of the, the month of October to review and adopt it. And the only reason we have to give them a deadline is so that during the launch we know where we're going to put the bikes and how many bikes we need. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, honestly, any one city independently probably wouldn't have been able to use this type of provider because it obviously, with no cost to the city, only the profits from the rentals, that's how the, that business. So only through efficiency of scale, you know, a scale of economy is how this was able to happen. There was one uh, area of concern from Mayor uh, Hinojosa where he said if there was a fatality, uh, the city would be liable. But you're, you were saying that's normal. If there's a fatality in a park, there's the same liability issue. Yeah, specifically as it, as it plays to this type of bike, um, the provider also has liability insurance. So it actually gives the city an additional layer of protection than if somebody were to be in a fatality with their own bicycle. Mm -hmm. But what he was really, really referencing was a hike and bike trail, you know, and the liability of that trail. But a hike and bike trail is you're just as liable as a city park. Mm -hmm. So, and again, you know, part of our strategic planning process, especially among younger, younger individuals, they just identify with things like this as a quality of life. So they're, they're asking for it. So um, excited I'm, to be doing this project. Absolutely. Like I said, it's, it's a departure for us. But you it, seem to be doing lots of departures yeah, and, yeah, and bringing new projects to the fore. As long as we can justify that we're still the best entity to lead the planning, and then also, obviously, that it fits to our model and resources, and again, it's, it's a quality of life for future planning. Mm -hmm. Cool. Anything else on that you'd like to say? That was Ron Garza, Executive Director of the Lower Rio Grande Valley Development Council, as we said, Council of Government for Hidalgo, Cameron and Willacy Counties, discussing bike share. The next interview I got with Ron is all about Explore RGV. So here is Ron Garza. So Explore RGV is a platform that will be developing an interactive website and a mobile app and it truly is the clearinghouse of all our fixed assets across the region so this was awarded through a grant from economic development administration uh, approximately a year ago so what we've been doing is we conducted a very thorough asset map we literally mapped and tracked all the assets that are occurring and again we, we've been saying this through the process we, we've we've solved that age-old question to say there's nothing to do in the valley and we found nearly a thousand things that we're loading into this database so this database basically got turned into an interactive website and it will also be a mobile application that anybody can download for free and it's very it's category driven and it's map driven so depending on what type of category so if you're 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 interested in shopping in outdoors in museums and culture in you know or just resources for the city transportation resources you can search by categories and it'll map every single uh, asset that aligns to that category you can also search by keyword. So if there's something, you know, a visitor... For that, example, ecotourism. You can search by ecotourism, and it'll show everything that, allow, that aligns to that. Again, the folks that live in the valley know very well the, the treasures in the valley. But as, we, as visitors want to come here, they have to do independent research on one of a multiple cities. So usually they, they you know, research South Padre Island, Brownsville for Gladys Porter Zoo or something like McAllen for all the shopping destinations and some of the new assets. 
But really, you know, that's great as anchors, but it leaves out so many other hidden treasures. What this does, it gives somebody a very comprehensive tool now. And again, we developed this with a lot of collaboration with all the stakeholders, every city, every CVB, all the chambers help us, they help shape this project. So we wanted to make sure, because obviously the sustainability is that they can use it as a tool. So not only does it list every city's asset, but every county, and like I said, over a thousand things are entered in t into this. Over a thousand things to do in the valley. Over a thousand things. And, and, and so, like you said, some people think there's not much to do here. Yeah, and, and the, the beauty of it is many of them are free. So a lot of historical places, historical markers. Obviously, one of our most uh, destination assets is our outdoor recreation. I mean, ecotourism, like you said, we have just a tremendous amount. So it also gives you a sense of renewed uh, protectionism. So if those are our, quote-unquote, our money makers to attract visitors, we have to really protect, protect those treasures as we grow. And how are you going to promote this uh, website, this app, this, uh, promote this, uh, you know, all the treasures that the Valley does have? So we're, we're starting by this, this launch reception. So on uh, November 14th, we are launching the project officially. Part of the launch, we're actually going to be displaying our, our marketing package, which is going to be two short commercials and some other uh, marketing package that we'll be using. And again, we, uh, I can give a little preview is that those short commercials, what it does, it, it puts it in two perspectives. One of them puts in perspective of a couple, uh, a man and a woman that come to visit the valley, and it gives them kind of a, a quick snapshot of many different assets. And the other snapshot is a family. So it's a family doing, you know, more appropriate things to family assets. So it gives you really two creative looks at things to do. One really exciting part of this project is what we call the Featured Destinations page. And Featured Destinations, we used a lot of information and data and through our, our, our stakeholders, and we gathered about 30 destinations that kind of rise to the most notable anchors. The cool thing is you can go to that website or that app, and you get an aerial, approximately about a 30-second to, 30 to one-minute overview of that asset. So you could be sitting across the country, but if you're interested to see what, you know, San Padre Island, the Basilica, you know, Grace Heritage Farms, that, if you want to see it, you can literally see it from across the country wherever you're at. So it gives somebody an interactive tool to plan their trip to come to the valley. So obviously from an economic development standpoint, if somebody better plans their trip, they'll stay longer and spend more money and visit more cities. And obviously that's, that's our target here. Another added benefit, I would imagine, is we hear from Valley leaders a lot about how the Valley is misunderstood and misrepresented uh, on, on the national level, that this is a very dangerous place to live, etc. And this is going to tell a completely different story. Absolutely. And thank you for saying that, because the origins, the brainstorms of this project came from city leaders, our small city and our large city coalition, that they really wanted to target our negative perception. What can we do about that? So what, what, you know, some of our strategies looked at doing a regional marketing campaign. As we really ventured into that, we realized we're not quite ready for a campaign because we didn't have a clearinghouse of information. So this is kind of step one, but maybe in the future would be a joint marketing campaign from the cities because again, as everybody knows, if somebody comes to visit one city in the valley, most likely they're going to visit and spend money somewhere else. So, and they understand that. 
Um, so, um, yeah, this was definitely targeted. The inception of this project started to combat our negative perception and highlight our, our treasured assets in the valley. So, for example, when uh, national media uh, sends reporters down here, we have U.S. senators or representatives, and they want to get on a boat, put a flap jacket on, jacket on and, and look as though they're in a war zone um, for national TV, they could be offered this opportunity. Absolutely. Take a look at these aerial shots. Which recreational uh, pursuit would you like to be involved in? Which, which uh, f historic site or cultural site would you like to come and visit? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and it's all how you frame it, because unfortunately we've all seen those on national media, some of those boat rides, things like that, and they just happen to be passing right through a world birding center or one of our national refuges. So those are just treasures where people spend just millions of dollars that get infused into the region here just to come visit that. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to spotlight, obviously. How much did the EDA give you for this, and what's your concern once that's how is this going to be sustainable? So the the grant was for the award was for three hundred fifty thousand, and that uh, supplemented not only not only the development but obviously to support staff to gather all this. I think that was the most challenging part of this project, the data gathering. You know, we we did a regional uh, asset map. So the sustainability really does come from partnerships. Uh, as you can see, you know, part of the launch reception, we've strongly collaborated with the RGV partnership. The RGV partnership is part of their mission. Every approximately every two or three years, they put out a publication called the Official Guide to the Art to the Rio Grande Valley. What we've actually and they were about to do it again, but what we've actually done is we've joined forces, and now they're producing the Explore RGV publication. So. Since we're doing the electronic portion of it, they're doing the publication because some people still love that media. Um, but that's how you're going to get a lot of sustainability. So people that, as they continue to produce those publications, that's reinforcement to keep everybody coming to visit the website and download that mobile app. And do you want to give a shout out to the um, your partners that have helped do this work? Sure. RG Vision. So they, through the procurement process, they were selected uh, to do the logo and develop uh, not only the marketing uh, vision to this, but also the actual infrastructure of the app. And they've been great. They're, you know, I was just talking about that. How marketing companies have, you know, their their expertise is innovation, creativity, but this is a government project, so they had to do that within a a realm and a mold about not only the restrictions of a government project, but also ensuring we do fair equitability across all areas of our region. You know, it's very easy to map an area that is populated like Brownsville, McAllen, and, and just peg a lot of assets there. That That's easy, but it's comes a lot more challenging when you have to find them in the rural areas. So we wanted to make sure that those smaller assets have just as much notoriety as some of the ones in the bigger cities. You think you succeeded there? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So even the featured destinations, we did look just across the entire valley, and Port Mansfield is the one that comes to mind. Not a lot of people, and actually when we shot some of the video footage, the uh, the photographers were just amazed because they had never been out there and they were from the region. I have to ask yeah. this because we we know the valley is four counties, but the council government just operates in three. Does that mean Star County won't be part of this? So actually, what we did, and you're exactly right, we always include them where we can. So the only thing we couldn't do is expend 
personnel dollars in Stark County. So all we did is we asked them to provide all the data to us and they got included. So the publication and the map and the app will actually have four counties included. They must be so pleased oh, yeah. about that. Absolutely. And you know, they're such rich and really history. history. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And they're they're one of the anchor points of the valley. So we were very glad to do that. Obviously they were very glad to do that, you know. And uh, kind of shout out to Valley Metro there because what we've been able to do is one of the few council of governments in in the state is to cross cross your boundaries for you know more regionalism mm-hmm. so it's been Good. pretty exciting anything else on this that you would like to say no i just uh, the the launch reception is open to all stakeholders and anybody interested uh, uh that'll be a big day yeah big day uh for us so the month of november is uh we're launching you know this uh and then a week prior to that the bike share Yes, and this, the website, will be up and running by that date. Yes, this is the first official day that you'll be able to actually download uh, download the app. Ron Garza, thank you so much for today's update. We're learning a great deal about the, the work of our Council of Government. Thank you very much.